Nikki Jensen and Brie Picconi. And we're late, late to, to the, the party. party. How you doing, Nick? Excuse me. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Sorry, I had a Shrek moment. <laughs> Already so early Don't in the get. show. I'm better off than in, I always say. Anyways. Captain Me Swamp. <laughs> yes. So yeah. Um how are you? I'm good. I had a an interesting day. It's been kind of leisurely. Um Everyone called out of work, basically, so, yeah. I slept a lot. Nice. Yeah. Sleeping. It was, like, kind of, not, like, really rainy, but kind of, I don't know, this weather today has been kind of, like, meh. It's, like, cloudy. A little overcast. A little overcast. Yeah, it's, like, cozy. It's, like, it's not blanket season, but, you know, it feels like it today. I feel like... Yeah, it was like a crisp 75, and I was like, is fall in the air? Are Mm -hmm. we about to embark on fall mid-August? Right? But I hope not. Except I did have the urge to watch You've Got Mail and listen to Taylor Swift and have like a pumpkin cold brew. Yes. Albeit basic, I did feel that urge. Yes. You know, I thought of You've Got Mail, you know, well, because we're talking about a Cinderella story today. Oh, yeah. I was thinking... It's very akin to You've Got Mail, you know? <laughs> well, not very. Just, like, only because they're, like, texting and using the computer to, like, contact each other. I pick up what you're putting down. You know what I'm saying? Um, yes. <laughs> but that doesn't sit right with me in my soul. That, But you're not wrong. It just, um, are you are you disturbed by that fact? Or, like, what? Because the look you gave me was like, how dare you? Sorry, my mom's texting me jokes. Doesn't she know I'm recording a podcast? Is it a good one? Do you want to share? No, it's not good. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Anyways. So on this week's episode, we're discussing the 2004 Hilary Duff classic, A Cinderella Story. Yeah. Which... You know, this is my first time seeing a Cinderella story. No. I know. No, how? I don't know. I don't know how I missed this one. I must have been too busy watching Shrek 2 over and over again, buying the posters, putting them up in my room, painting my my room lime green. Not my room room, but I had a room, like a summer room when I'd go visit my relatives. I had a lime green room. It was like Shrek themed and I had the Puss in Boots poster up. Oh. Good times. The original Shrekky. I was, yeah, and I had a lime green pillow. I don't know. There was like a, I went through a phase. I'm still in that phase, I guess. Just. <laughs> I know. We finally got those Shrek slut shirts. I know. That's like my favorite thing right now. I think it's funny because for your birthday, that's what I got you. And then my boyfriend for my birthday also got me one. So now <laughs> I have two shirts in the Shrek font that say slut. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh man. So, so, you know, just living my best life out here. Amen. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll wear my Shrek sweatshirt while I'm drinking those pumpkin spice lattes. There you go. In my You've Got Mail fantasy. <laughs> but yeah, back to a Cinderella story. Yeah. So you are late to the party on this one. Very late. Yeah. 
I don't know how, though. And I know you've seen this movie because you had the posters, the Cinderella story posters in your room with Chad Michael Murray. Like, basically, like, just the movie, mm-hmm. the the movie poster. I don't think you understand. I was obsessed with the Cinderella story back in the day. Like, the previous year, it was Freaky Friday. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's my, my movie. And then, you know, 2004 comes along and, like, you know, Hillary Duff just leaves Lizzie McGuire and I just become a Hillary Duff stan. I'm like, Lindsay who? Like, <laughs> Metamorphosis was my, like, album. I listened to So Yesterday, just, like, on repeat. Every Hillary Duff movie between, like, the years of, like, 2004 and 2005. It, it feels like 10 years, but it was only one year that I was, like, obsessed with Hillary Duff. But it just feels so right and so raw. And one day we'll have to discuss my obsession with Hillary Duff. Mm-hmm. But that's for a later date. I just want you to know that a Cinderella story was my movie. Okay. It makes sense. I mean, I remember you being obsessed. I mean, I too was obsessed with Hillary Duff, though. I just so that I don't know how I missed this one or like we didn't see it together or something. I'm like, huh, where was I, you know? And you went away in the summers. We didn't so. have streaming services back then. It's not like I could. I guess I could have rented it eventually when it came out on DVD. Gone to Blockbuster. Yeah. But I was too busy watching movies that were like not age appropriate. <laughs> like Shrek 2. <laughs> yeah. Like Shrek 2. Oh, man. But Nick, speaking of Hillary Duff songs, isn't. Okay. Remember that time we went to like King's Dominion and we did like a. Uh, we made a music video together on tape. I thought that was like to like metamorphosis or something. It had to have been to a Hillary Duff song. Maybe it was Come a- Clean. Oh, yeah. Come Clean. Because like go back to the beginning. That's Come Clean, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Come Clean. It's well, coming back to me. Cause, we like, had our first and only fight. Yeah. Where we were just like pushing each other out of the way. Just getting mad at each other. <laughs> because we wanted to be Hillary Duff. But like they totally, I just remember that the setup there was not what we expected. And we were disappointed because we thought we were going to be in the studio for real. You know, laying down some tracks. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I think the video itself came out cool because it's like a floating background. Of I don't know. It's just very, it's very interesting. It's very much like, I think a couple years ago, Selena Gomez on her Instagram put out like something when she was like six or seven singing with this like green screen <laughs> to um to like a Britney Spears song. It's the and same. It's like the same thing. <laughs> um, We'll have to uncover that one day. For real. But yeah, A Cinderella Story uh, is a 2014 romantic comedy directed by Mark Rosman, starring teen queen Hilary Duff and Chad Michael Murray, who I actually, he's my favorite character in this movie. He's doing the most. He's like understated and he's very cute and, you know, he's relatable. You know, he's got like his dad who's bugging him, who's like, this is what you're doing with your life. And he has like dreams, like big dreams. And he's a smarty pants. So he can actually get into Princeton and I don't know. I'm rooting for him. Totally. I mean, okay. I think it's hilarious and we'll get into this more. Chad Michael Murray at the time I thought he was cute, but of course I was a kid. Now I think he's cute, but in a Cinderella story, and this is no shade to Hillary Duff, but Hillary Duff. How, how do I say this nicely? Looks like a child. Well, she was a child. She was 15 when this movie was filmed and Chad Michael Murray was 22. Huh. I see. But um, Hilary Duff in this era, she has her music career. 
her movies, her stuff by Hilary Duff. Oh, yeah. Line of I remember that. T-shirts and lip gloss at Target. I just feel like Hilary Duff, like, it's so understandable how t- tween girls would fall in love with her, as I did. Mm-hmm. But, like, as an adult, it's, um, it's kind of crazy. It's like, it's not even like the Britney Christina thing, mm-hmm. because Britney Spears is so, like, talented as a performer that it kind of evens out, you know, that, like, Christina Aguilera can belt. Like, mm-hmm. she's a better singer, technically. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Britney Spears is a great performer, so it kind of evens out. There is a very – because we watched a couple weeks ago Freaky Friday. Yes. there, And I know, like, Hillary Duff and Lindsay Lohan had that feud and were pitted against each other, and we said we'd circle back. Oh, yeah. And um, in retrospect, it is kind of like – like, I remember hearing back in, like, 04, like, adults being like, but Lindsay Lohan's actually talented and me being so offended. But uh-huh. I get it. As now in a, a young adult, there is a difference. But Hillary Duff is very good at playing Hillary Duff. Yeah. In this lane. So, like, it, it's just a personality. Like, she's just a personality as a princess or as... A catfisher in The Perfect Man or as a sidekick in Agent Cody Banks, you know? Did did Hillary Duff influence you to catfish, Nick? I was before Hillary Duff. <laughs> I was catfishing before Perfect Man came out. <laughs> Thank you very much. But probably to, to also circle back to You've Got Mail. Uh-huh. I think Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks really, uh, oh, really did me in. That's what it was. I was just wondering. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Hillary Duff was taking notes from me, baby. Amen. I know what you're saying, though, but um, just speaking on, you know, Hillary Duff and, like, are you saying, like, if she were to sing at the end of this movie, like, on a guitar or something, it wouldn't have the same effect as Lindsay Lohan and singing Ultimate? Like, if she was, like, singing Come Clean, it'd be like, oh, that's a bop and that's, that's cute, but it wouldn't be like, Wow. She's got talent. Like, if they were on America's Got Talent together, do you think Lindsay would be like, she would win I think over her? objectively, Lindsay Lohan is more talented than Hilary Duff. Mm. I think it's a thing of, like, perception, though. It's kind of ridiculous how, and we've talked about this a little bit in the early 2000s, how we're so nostalgic for that time. Mm-hmm. And things were better in a lot of ways, but also, like, the media was so intense and if you're talking about narratives Lindsay lohan got the bad girl yeah media rap and then hillary duff was the good girl who Mm -hmm. could do no wrong and i think like even in interviews because like i watched an interview with the cast of a cinderella story and i think hillary duff's sweetness definitely went a long way and just her being like a quote-unquote good girl that like parents would want mm. to buy stuff from yeah definitely plays a part in it for sure but i love hillary duff still so don't get me wrong but like Lindsay lohan was churning out performances mm-hmm. you know like we talked about freaky friday making us cry yeah 
Like, a Cinderella story did not once, like, make me, like, beclumped as, you know, like a 20-something. You know, can I, can I be honest? (laughs) I actually did cry watching a Cinderella story. What? But see, I don't know if I was just feeling raw emotionally, because, like, I had a therapy session before I watched it. And so I was already a little bit emotional, so I don't know if it was that, you know what I mean? Was she like, when you, when Hillary Duff was like, waiting for you is like waiting for a drought, or like waiting for the end of this drought, useless and disappointing. You were like, <laughs> me too. You were like that gif of the Amer- American, um, not American, America's Next Top Model girl, mm-hmm. just like with her raising her face, <laughs> like crying. Yeah, actually, I was like, yes, you go, girl. But like... The part that got me was when she was just like, like when everything goes wrong, and like every, I, it was after everyone made fun of her at the the play. Like they did like this little like uh. miniature play thing, and then her stepmom's like, "You're not going to college, haha!" And then, like I don't know, I was like, "Dang, that's so messed up." I don't know what it. Well, it was just in my emotions, I think, because like it is sad, but it's not that sad. But I I did kind of get verklempt. I really enjoyed Chad Michael Murray's performance in this movie, though. He is acting. Mm-hmm. He is. Like, he didn't really have to go that hard. Yeah. Also, I was doing research, and he actually, like, Lindsay Lohan was nervous in, like, filming Freaky Friday to kiss Chad Michael Murray because it was their first kiss. Mm-hmm. So Jamie Lee Curtis just, like, grabbed him and made out with him. And <laughs> I think that's... She's my hero. That is... That is great. Did you already know about that? I saw I saw this interview about it. Yeah. I love that too. Well, because I was like, I was trying to like do my like just Jared like Perez Hilton like stalking research. I was like, who did Chad Michael Murray like working with more? Jamie Lee Curtis. It, it was Jamie Lee Curtis. He did say, he didn't say anything about Lindsay Lohan. He did say Hillary Duff was sweet. Mm. So. So there you have it. <laughs> He was also, like, 22 and she was 15, so I'm sure, like... Yeah. You know, he probably was annoyed with both of them to some degree. Or probably, like, Lindsay Lohan's annoying because she's 15 and yelling about Aaron Carter all the time. And then Hillary Duff's, like, a sweet girl. But I'm sure, like, that's the extent of... Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis with that haircut? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But they were two consensual adults. Ooh, ooh. So that, that chemistry we saw was real. In my heart, I like, I'm not a shipping man, but I ship Chad Michael Murray and Jamie Lee Curtis. Same. Also, is this the best Hilary Duff movie? Like, better than uh, the Lizzie McGuire movie? Oh, man, no. No. <laughs> but uh, honestly, what other Hilary Duff movies are. Okay, well, there's, there's, um,. There's the Sweet Sixteen, right? Is that no? That's that's Lindsay Lohan. That's real light. Oh no, the movie Sweets. I've never seen that movie. You've never seen it? But Hilary Duff had like a TV special on MTV about her Sweet Sixteen. Okay. Um, I don't know if you can count that as a movie though. But what was that other one? It's not Mean. Uh, what is it? The uh, Material Girls. Did you see that one though? I've never seen that one. Nikki, how? Okay. How have I seen two movies that you have not seen? Like I'm late to the party. What can I say? That's so wild. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. Hillary Duff's best movies, in my opinion, are the Lizzie McGuire movie and Cheaper by the Dozen. <gasps> Cheaper by the Dozen's a good movie. Cheaper by the Dozen is a really cute movie. I remember being obsessed with that movie as a kid for some reason and just Same. falling in love with it and their whole little family and I Steve fell in Martin. love with Steve Martin, to be honest. Yeah. 
That was like my like as a kid, I was like there was like the opposites. I was like really into like Adam Brody uh-huh. and Chad Michael Murray. But on the flip side, I was like, but you know, Steve Martin and John Stewart can get it. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. True. <laughs> okay, but a Cinderella story is pretty good. Yeah. It's cute. It's so cute. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I I liked it better than I thought I would. Like, I found more flaws with, um, like, some of the movies we've watched recently than I have with the eat, Cinderella Eat, pray, story. love. Yeah, eat, pray, love. <laughs> like, okay. I would rather watch a Cinderella story. Same hot take. A Cinderella story is better than Eat, Pray, Love. I agree. And Runaway Bride. Yes, both. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about Raise Your Voice so in a couple months, and I feel like that's going to be way different. But this, it came out like months apart, but I feel like a Cinderella story, and maybe it's the cast. It has Jennifer Coolidge, Regina mm-hmm. King. Yes. You know, there's like a bunch of characters. Like, the actors are really good in a Cinderella story that definitely, like, lift this up definitely um but it is so crazy like the stark contrast between a cinderella story and raise your voice i cannot wait to see raise your voice because that's another one i'm like i slept on but it looks hilarious like i know it's gonna be a bad movie i can just tell you know but it'll be enjoyable i think but hillary Duff's so likable too i know i was just saying like you know Lin- team Lindsay. yeah but it's not like that i just think objectively Lindsay lewis more talented but I really think there's something about Hillary Duff that is very sweet. I think she's charming. Like, she just has, like, Hillary Duffisms <laughs> that are just like, you're like, aw, sweetie. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I there know. is something very, like, innocent about her and, like, naive. And it, it, it is charming. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was obsessed with this film. So this movie was released on July 16th, 2004. Um, so it just turned 18. Uh, and it received negative reviews from critics. Uh, the film was a box office success, though. It grossed 70 million against its 19 million budget. Um, and it inspired a lot of straight to <laughs> video sequels. What's up, Brie? Yeah, I was gonna mention that. Like, I was, when I was searching for this movie, I kept seeing, like, some other Cinderella story, something. And then it was, like, another Cinderella story, which I guess is Selena Gomez. It came out, like, four years later. Mm-hmm. Which isn't, like, a whole lot. Because usually there's a lot of time between, like, copycat kind of movie. Well, maybe not. But, like, I don't know. I was just like, what is... Like, how many Cinderella stories do we need? Like, we have the original. Um, well, like, how well, do you... Oh, sorry to interrupt. I've never seen the one with Selena Gomez or the other ones. How do you um, create something new from this movie? Yes. Well, because... Well, there's the okay. So there's a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff, which I I enjoyed because they did like a twist. Like it was like very there was no actual magic involved. It was very real life. So it was, I think that they switched up the story enough um, to make it relatable and not too like it is a little it is cliche and stuff. But it is like I feel like the journey is more about her and like finding her own voice. Speaking of raising your voice, you know, and um than it is about like oh getting the guy like yeah that's a part of it but it's more like how she finds her voice and like you know overcomes her obstacles i think i agree it's very it's a sweet film it's really sweet well also she doesn't really care about the guy in the end to be honest she's more concerned that she can't go to princeton and that she's humiliated yeah but 
I agree. What was I going to say? But I, you know what I miss though? What? Like in the 2000s when we were growing up, there were a lot of movies catering to tweens. Mm-hmm. And we don't really have that anymore that were like actually cultural phenomenons. Like I don't think, like I think adults like that are our age now mm-hmm. in 2004, they knew what a Cinderella story was. They might not have seen it. They knew who Hilary Duff was, though. Mm-hmm. Or they, like, definitely heard of the Jonas Brothers or, you know, High School Musical, even if they didn't see it or, you know, know anything about it. They've heard of that. It was a phenomenon. Yeah. Nowadays, like, I don't know. I'm like, what are kids into? I have no clue. I mean, Addison Ray, But are they really into her like we were riding hard for hillary duff like is it the same i don't know you're right i don't know i don't know who the um the icon is right now <laughs> who is the moment Who's, but wendy williams yeah who would be cast as like cinderella now i'd love to see a doula peep a dua lipa <gasps> doula peep doula peep as yeah a sam montgomery in a cinderella story that'd be really cute yeah I don't know. Give give something to the girls and the gays. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, according to Wikipedia, which I didn't really know about this movie, but it's uh, turned into a cult classic. You know, good. It. I think it's. it deserves. It's cute. It's, I don't know. I'd watch it again. I would too. It's a very sweet movie. Yeah. It is one of those movies you could just like pop on if it's on Netflix and fold your laundry and relive your youth mm-hmm. which i like to do every now and again yeah i love it, it was very in a specific time to- i love it um but yeah oh it's so weird too because okay in 2004 there were a lot of princess themed movies i didn't realize the prince and me came out ella enchanted and the princess diaries to royal engagement which that was my movie for real was it Anne Hathaway and Ella Enchanted as well? Uh-huh. Like, so she was she was Ella. two princesses. <laughs> she is a princess. She really is. We haven't talked about that. Like, that's like we've I've I know we've mentioned this before, but like, it's funny late to the party. You know, we talk about things like you know how you're a Shreky, mm-hmm. and you know things we love. But I think like a lot of people, even like in our lives, don't know how much I stand. Anne Hathaway. Yeah. But anyways, you're Stan Hathaway. I'm a Stan Hathaway. Now you know. Well, I want to take a trip to 2004. Yes. Mentally, I'm already there. I know. I've been there. <laughs> uh, I never left. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so Shrek 2 was the highest grossing film of the year. Uh, Million Dollar Baby won Best Picture at the Academy Awards, which that's such a good movie. Did you ever see it? I've never seen it. Oh, that that one will make you cry. Like, it is so good. Like, really. I was, like, 12 when I saw it. I think I, you know, saw it, like, a year or two later. But it was, like, I don't know. It got me. I was, like, um, It was also the year of the biopic, which included Alexander, The Aviator, Beyond the Sea, Finding Neverland, Hotel Rwanda, Kinsey, Motorcycle Diaries, and Ray. Which the only one I've seen is Ray. I've never seen... Is Ray good? I thought it was really good. Like, at the time, like, I don't know. 
I remember it being like a moment. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was like, oh my God, Jamie Foxx and Ray. It was really good. I feel like we haven't had a lot of biopics before that. Like I remember that being like a, I'm sure there were some, but I feel like it was more like, you know how like biopics are so cinematic nowadays or like documentaries are filmed in like a cinematic, like recreations. You know what I mean? I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I feel like Ray took it to another level somehow, the way that the story was told. I Sorry, can you hear me, like, chewing? Not really. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm, like, eating dinner right now. I'm eating pizza. Um, But I think you're right. I can't think of any. I feel like biopics before this were, like, you know, one every couple years, you know, like, here and there. And boring. Boring. Or just, like, here and there, like, subtle. It wasn't, like, Ray. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, whoever. And I feel like they were a lot of, like, straight to, like, TV movies. Like, a, the James Franco was James Dean. Like, that type of thing. It was, like, a, mm-hmm. you know, an ABC family joint. Yeah. But I, 2004 was crazy for biopics. But I don't think about that. But it, it really was, like, as a kid, because I grew up, like, in a small town. It basically, like, Stars Hollow. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, like, the one theater, and they'd play one movie all week. hmm So, like, I would just go to the movies. No matter what it was, I would just go. Oh. And I remember going to Finding Neverland. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And the dude that owned the theater stopped my mom. was like, you're going to let her watch this? And she was like, yeah, whatever. But he didn't want me to watch it. Maybe because it was boring? I don't know, but... <laughs> he was like, she's going to be so bored. I remember I also saw Beyond the Sea kevin spacey oh wow you know he's aged well i wonder what he's doing now um why isn't he around anymore oh my god (laughs) he seems really unproblematic yeah um beyond the sea was also boring but you Mm. know bobby darren oh yeah bobby darren and i remember being like why is kate bosworth like being the love interest to kevin spacey why is anyone being a love interest to kevin spacey no offense i mean actually all the offense I agree. <laughs> like, it's pretty sad when, like, the running joke on Late to the Party is that, like, I think Harvey Weinstein is a despicable pig, but I ride hard from, like, for, like, Miramax, Miramax films. Yeah. But, like, Kevin Spacey, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, anyway, we did also have um, some other big movies at the time. We had Spider-Man 2. Um, so good. Yeah, that one's really good. Prisoner, there's um Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which is one of the best. I think it's, it's that's the third one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I I don't know. It might be the best one out of the franchise. I agree. There's the Incredibles and Meet the Fockers. Um, yeah. But um, let's see. So a Cinderella story opened fourth at the box office behind I Robot, Spider Man Two, and Anchorman. Oh dang, that's cool. It's so interesting. I didn't know when Anchorman came out, you know? I didn't really think about it because I've only seen it in the past couple of years. I remember it coming out and everyone quitting Ron Burgundy, but, like, obviously I was too young to see it. Yeah. But I do remember that. Like, the quotes. I never saw iRobot, but, like, Spider-Man 2, seeing that at midnight, mm. it really, like, changed. And that's still, to me, the best superhero movie. Yeah. Like, it set the bar. Hmm. So high. I cannot 
agree, but that's only because I I love Batman so much. So like <laughs> what Batman though? That's hard to say. I mean movies, not s- just superheroes, like the movies. Yeah, no, oh, I know the what Dark you mean. Knight. Pro- yeah, I know. Yes, but I'm also I also really love like Batman Returns. I think that's the one with the pink or the I don't know. I I want to rewatch all the Batman movies and rank them to be honest. Like see where I stand, you know? Cuz I have a soft spot for the Tim Burton Batmans, but I don't know. I know like objectively the Dark Knight is like probably the best, but I just don't know if it is. You know what I mean? I don't know if it, it would be like a runaway bride situation where if I revisit no. it I'm going to feel different. No, I've revisited the Nolan Batmans in recent years and no, the Dark Knight's great. Mm. It's like the Dark Knight, Spider-Man 2, the original Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Those Can't are the tops. Um, also, King Arthur, mm-hmm. Fahrenheit 9-11, The Notebook, Dodgeball, White <laughs> Chicks, and Shrek 2 are yes! the top ten. Those last three, though, iconic. <laughs> For real. I, I actually, I enjoyed The Notebook when it came out. I enjoyed Dodgeball. Um, I've only seen bits and pieces of White Chicks. Mm. I've, I finally watched it all uh, about a year ago. It was on TV. And I was like, finally, I can see it. I've, you know, because I've only seen clips. Did it hold up? I thought so. It was hilarious. It was, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Remember the meme that like the Wayne's brothers as a... Uh, the white chicks mm-hmm. looked like Iggy Azalea. Yes. Remember when that was a thing? That cracked me up because it's pretty accurate. <laughs> what a time. I know. Oh. Uh, I was talking about white chicks recently, and I was just we were just talking about how their faces look the weirdest. Like their face skin. Mm-hmm. It's just like the weirdest. I I got something to say. Why why were we obsessed? Like in the two thousands, there was like an obsession with like body swapping and like like putting on skin suits like and this was a little okay because mrs doubtfire is like 90 is it 99 or 97 90 is in the 90s right 92 is it really that's yeah wow okay well whatever the nutty professor there's a nutty professor there i'm just saying there's like a trend like from the 90s to like the mid late 2000s there's like the the body you know like there's well there's freaky friday that's just kind of but there's also like I don't know, like, um, and there's hot chick, and then there's the white chicks, which is, like, makeup and stuff, and then there's Big Mama's house. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, people just transforming themselves to go undercover, or, like, different, like, I just think it's interesting. It's, like, we had a fascination with, like, swapping bodies and faces and perspectives. I'm I'm just, like, that's such an interesting concept, isn't it? I don't know. It really is. Like, I, I, I would probably attribute it to, like, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Because, like, after Nutty Professor, like, the clumps comes out, and then, like, Norbit. Like, I feel like- It's all his fault. I feel like it really is, because, like, I don't know, would Martin Lawrence do it if Eddie Murphy didn't do it first? Like, would Big Mama's house exist without- No, it would not. Without Hercules. 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 I don't think it would. I think not. In this essay, I will, you know? <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I'm just, like, it's such an interesting thing, because it's been a long time since I've seen a movie. Like, like they don't really make those anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a, like, of a time and just, like... But they're always, like, funny to me. I agree. I mean, like, we've talked about this before. We like bad movies. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... Master of Disguise. Yes! He... Yes. 
He's um a lot of characters in that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but uh, what was I saying? Like we just like bad movies and oh yeah, Big Mama's House. If that movie is on TV, I will watch. It's good. Oh yeah, I will definitely watch. It's heartwarming. It is, and Nia Long's in it. I like will watch her any day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I just like Nutty Professor has Janet Jackson in it. Bitch, please. Oh, really? It does. Or maybe the clumps. One of them has Janet. No, no, no. It's the first one because like she makes a love appearance. interest. No, she's the love interest. For real? Yeah. Oh my god, I don't remember this. Like that's awesome. Wow. <laughs> anyway, I gotta rewatch that one because I I enjoyed it as a kid a lot. The Nutty Professor. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um. So, a Cinderella story, it's like you were saying it received a lot of negative reviews from critics. Um, so, your man, Roger Ebert, he wrote that a Cinderella story is a lame, stupid movie, but Warner Brothers is spending a fortune to persuade young audiences to see it and recommend it. I mean, kind of, but I feel like that's a little harsh. Like, it's not... I mean, is it really lame and stupid? I don't know. I feel like yes to the the other part. Like, I'm sure, like, yes, they are really targeting the young audiences. But that's the point. And, like, it's a cute movie, in my opinion. I don't know. I think he's wrong. Uh, <laughs> Nikki, you love this movie. Why are you looking at me like that? Um, I mean, like, I loved it as a kid. Like, this movie was cute. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, okay. There is nothing. Not to compare it again to Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday, even as an adult, that movie has a lot of heart. It's funny. It's cool. There's an element of cool in that movie. Mm-hmm. I think a Cinderella story is uh, uncool. Uncool. It's almost um, too earnest. It's like very saccharine. Mm. You know, and it's like cute because like nostalgia for me. Yeah. But like. You know, can you imagine being a 60-year-old man like Roger Ebert and going to see, like, a Cinderella story and having to sit through Hilary Duff? Like, he's not a 10-year-old girl. This movie is for for him. It's for the girlies. Yeah. That's okay. He doesn't have to like it. No. (laughs) Um, We liked it. That's, it's for us. It's for us to go see. Mm Mm-hmm. Go to the mall, go see, and then our parents to take us to Limited 2 afterwards. Yes. That's what it's for. Amen. Get over it, Ebert. <laughs> but yeah, other people say, or other critics, people. I love how I'm other like, people. people. <laughs> so they pan the plot, a simple, lazy storytelling and a dull rehash of the old girl meets boy chestnut. They noted that its attempts to modernize aspects of the source material was gimmicky and led to illogical plot elements such as a cell phone being the film's glass slipper um, and Sam looking too pretty and cheerful for an outcast. Ha! She does look very cheer. I Okay, that part I kind of... Yeah. It, there was a point when... Because, like, I think... Um, what's his name? Dan Bird as the best friend, who's, like, also the best friend in Easy A. He looks like an outcast. He does, and he does a really good job of being like optimistic but also being an outcast yeah but sometimes i'm like "Ooh, girl the situation like why stop smiling like she just is like bopping and then she's like oh 
But I think that's just like Hillary Duff. Yeah, I think so. Like, she's 15. I don't know. Being in a movie. Yeah. She's not a tour de force. This isn't going to win any Oscars. Like, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What do you want? Who cares if Hillary Duff is good or bad? I, if, you know. But um, this film was nominated not for Oscars, but for five Teen Choice Awards at the 2005 ceremony. And it won for Choice Movie Blush Scene. Ooh. Um, and then the same year, Hillary Duff won Favorite Movie Actress at the Kids' Choice Awards. Aww. Which is Hillary Duff's Oscars. Yeah, basically. That's what's important. You got to do mm-hmm. things for the kids. Right? Good. I don't know. It made me happy. So. Yeah. No, I feel like this movie is really cute and really like, it's a feel-good movie. I mean, I actually think, like, if you really think about it too hard, though, it's kind of a fucked up movie. But how so? <laughs> just, like, I don't know. I feel like her stepmom. Like, it's, like, if this happened in real life, like, for real, it's pretty messed up. You know what I mean? Like. They're unreasonably mean. Yeah. Like, the, I want to call her Stacy Hankhouse, because that's what she was in Freaky Friday, but the mean girl. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just too, like, mean to be a real person. Well, the mean girl, like, in the school, you mean, whatever her mm-hmm. name is, she literally says to that poor boy, like, um, Sam's best friend, she goes, we are two different classes of people, or two different species, or something. And it's like, whoa, he's just a nerd. Like, calm down. Like, because, I don't know, I guess... They're in different social cir- social circles. They're like, I don't know, but I'm like, dang, that's really harsh. Like, everyone's just so unreasonably mean in this movie. It's true. I mean, okay, another movie that came in- out in 2004. Like, Mean Girls, this is not. Mm-hmm. Like, this, like, you think Regina George is a caricature of, like, the most popular girl she's in school. She's not even that mean, I don't no. think. Like, she, yeah, she has a burn book, but she's like, yeah, people are fat and ugly. She's not like, <laughs> we're a different species, you and I. Fuck off. <laughs> But you want to talk about the the plot? Yeah. So to set the scene, um, Sam, played by Hilary Duff, is a teenager in California, and she's obliged to work as a janitor and dishwasher in the diner of her stepmother, played by Jennifer Coolidge. After a cell phone mix-up, Sam begins an anonymous text messaging and email relationship with a boy. They agree to meet at a school dance, but when Sam finds out that her secret pen pal is none other than Austin Ames, played by Chad Michael Murray, the cutest boy in school, she panics and looks for a way to make herself cooler. This movie's all about being cool. That is not what this movie is about. (laughs) Wikipedia, what is wrong with you? Yeah, that's not the best synopsis. (laughs) That that's not what happened. It's like a half truth, you know. It's kind of like the the real plot of this movie that we'll talk about when we get into the nitty gritty. But anyways, what did you think of Sam Montgomery, played by Hilary Duff? I don't know. I mean, she's cute. Like I like her. She's hard not to like. It's um, I don't know. I mean, you root for her. She just seems like a sweet girl just mind her own business and i don't know people are mean to her for no reason just trying her best out there she has dreams to go to princeton you know she's like ambitious but she's stuck like scrubbing the floors and like i don't know she's kind of like i don't know it's just frustrating to watch her struggle because it's like i don't know life is unfair it seems for her it's true no she's unbelievably sweet yeah she gave me uh 
a cavity. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm. What was she like? She wants to go to Princeton. What does she want to do? Be a writer. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Not to be too nitpicky, but <laughs> do we ever see her write? No. Besides, I think be a writer. I think. Well, no, I know that her, Chad Michael Murray wanted to be a writer. Does she also? I think she wants to be. Oh, no, she wants to be a journalist, a reporter, like a like a the right like um what it, whatever journalists do, <laughs> real life stories. You know, like I don't know, travel and. Uh-huh. I think this sounds like I've been watching. Okay, I've been watching a lot of Gilmore Girls lately, though, and Chad Michael Murray is also in this season, the first season. So I'm like. I hope I'm not confusing these characters. Like uh, you see, like Rory. I know Rory. I know. Like this sounds like Rory. (laughs) I don't know. Do they ever say? I don't see. This is not the purpose of this movie, but it is like. Wait, wait, wait. She's like ambitious because they say she's ambitious, but does she like? What are her ambitions? (laughs) Like honestly, I'm not trying to be a hater. Like why? I just yeah. I mean, I guess it's not important. It's just important to see Hilary Duff act happy and sad and stuff. And listen to her songs throughout the whole movie. Yeah, I think that's the point. Because, like, I'm looking at my notes and I cannot find what it is that she was, like, hoping to do. I th- I want to say be a writer or, like, a journalist, possibly. I feel like... But there is no... You're right. We don't see her actually do anything or have any interest that's like, oh, she's going out for the paper. Oh, or- but she plays baseball sometimes. Oh yeah. Does she want to? Does she want to be a baseball, baseball player? player? No, 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 <laughs> no. That's the dream. That no. I think that's her dad just coached for base. I don't know. I yeah. These are great questions. We don't. It's not that deep, I guess. Yeah, it's not that deep. Some people just want to go to college, you know, and have no uh, direction when they go there. This really? is making me really angry, Bree. <laughs> I feel lied to, tricked, and bam boozled me being a hillary duff fan as a kid led me down a road a harsh road where i went to college for i don't know theater (sighs) nothing wasting my time thinking i'm cute and like hillary duff just (laughs) bebopping around it's all her fault it's all her fault I, it's all this false sense of female empowerment, but there's nothing of substance behind it. <laughs> oh my Man. god. Man. No, I Just mean, declaring that you're ambitious. I feel like for so long, people in my life have been like, yeah, Nikki's driven and ambitious. Towards what? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should have asked. I should have wrote my character better. Like, Sam should have been written better. Then I wouldn't be well then i wouldn't be on this podcast right now but like no maybe i still would have but i would have like i don't know brie i'm really rethinking my life and i think it's all hillary (laughs) duff's fault oh my god i was like this is a bad message for young girls just go to college and but have ambitions and air quotes and find Prince Charming, in air quotes, and have <laughs> dreams, in air quotes. I don't know. I, I think 
I don't know. I had a slightly different takeaway, but <laughs> um, but she wants to go to Princeton because her dad says that's where the princesses go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but does she want to go to Princeton because her dad also wants her to go to Princeton? But he also died. Like, she was, like, seven or something. Like, ridiculous. Like, this movie... Can I just say the way they set this movie up is ridiculous? Like, I know we're we're just... We're still talking about the characters, so I don't want to, like, completely... Sorry, I just had, like, a mental breakdown because I was like, Hillary Duff ruined my life! <laughs> I know, I did not expect that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Okay. Um, just having a crisis over here. Are you okay, Nick? Yeah, I'm sorry. You can cut that out or not. If it's funny, leave it. If it's sad, cut <laughs> it's it. too sad. <laughs> the listeners are going to get depressed. <laughs> They're going to ride in the streets, send Hillary Depp hate mail. Everyone's going to be like, yeah. They're going to be like, me, me too. too. <laughs> I need you, to start me too my me movement. too. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Hillary Depp ruined my life too. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you know, should uh, we? If, oh. if I stayed a Lindsay Lohan fan, this would have never. <laughs> this would have never happened. I would have had my party years, lived it. I mean, I did, but like, I would be in Mykonos right now in your jumpsuit, in my jumpsuit, dancing, trying to steal babies, look into it, you know. <laughs> but like, <laughs> anyways, go ahead. <sighs> um, gosh, I don't even know where to go. Um. <laughs> Well, um, so characters, so, um, I'm so sorry for you. What did we think of Austin Ames played by Chad Michael Murray? Yeah. Oh, well, I think we started talking about him. I don't know. He's, he's cute. He's, he has his own ambitions. Um, he doesn't want to grow up and like just run the car business that his daddy has. So that's kind of, it's kind of nice, right? He's, he wants to do something. He's a football player, but he's like, it's not exactly his passion. Like he likes it, but he's he wants to act. He's good at math or writing or poetry. I don't know. He's also like, I don't know. He's vaguely, yeah. But he like you know he doesn't even write his own poems. He like steals like Shakespeare or who or like uh, what's that other guy that's like old? True. It's because he reads a lot. He's well read. He's a smarty pants. He's a smarty pants. You wouldn't know it by looking at him, but he is. You know, Hillary Duff in this movie doesn't do anything smart. Just saying. <laughs> they give Austin Ames kind of like a more well-rounded character. No, really. I agree. Like, and I think Chad Michael Murray, for like what this is, like, this is like a fluffy tween comedy. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a star. It's for Hillary Duff. It's for 10-year-olds to, you know, yeah. and they're limited to, to that love Hillary Duff. But Chad Michael Murray, for what this is, I think does a really good job. No, he does. He does. Yeah, and I like him. He's a smarty pants. Yeah. His character's likable. He has heart, but he's nice. He's always he's, nice. Yes, he's like the most popular kid in school. He's, he's in with the popular crowd, but he's... Ugh, I can't speak. He's in with the popular crowd, but he's not, like, too stuffy. He's, like... Everyone else... Okay, also, like, speaking of, like, the movie being unreasonably mean, they're, like, making fun of Hillary Duff or, you know, Sam's. They're like, oh, diner girl. Haha. Ha. Ooh, she's a peasant. She's a servant girl. And it's like, dude, she just works at a diner. Like, chill the fuck out. Like... She has a job and you don't, you know? And, like, I don't know. They're just, like, so mean to her. Like, she's beneath them. But she's not poor. Like, her she is her family has money. Like, they have the only the house that has grass when there's a drought because they're, 
you know. It is true. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like she's poor. Like, she's just working. Yeah. And she works hard for the money. She works hard for the money. Like, I mean, she probably doesn't even make any money, but she works. (laughs) There is a part of me, though, that kind of likes, like, because I'm such a sucker for, like, she's all that and, like, Freddie Prince Jr. movies, like, a couple years before this. Yeah. There is a part of me that loves that essentially in this movie, Chad Michael Murray's Freddie Prince Jr. and, like, his, like, lame friends are, like, so unbearably annoying, but it's mm. so, like, she's all that. Yeah, his, the friends are really annoying. But. So what about um, Fiona, played by Jennifer Coolidge? Queen. I love Jennifer Coolidge. And as Fiona, she slayed, like, Oscar-winning performance <laughs> for Jennifer Coolidge in everything. Yes. Because she does not disappoint ever. Ever. No. She's my favorite, always. She's, like... Something about the Botox in her face and yeah. the way she says it is so good. Or she's like, you're not really pretty and you're not really bright. <laughs> she just cracks me up. Makes it- me want a hot dog real bad. <laughs> not from this movie, but I, I know. I want it like a compliment. I'm sure there's tons, but like, I th- she's, not- she's not the same character always, but there's something about her that's just like so funny and like. It's just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe what she does. It's just, it's so unique. Like, the way she's comedic. And she's not, she's someone very distinct and almost, she, like, toes the line between being a caricature. Yeah. And, like, not, like, she's so, she's not subtle, but there is, like, a subtle T. Like, this performance could have been big and, like, annoying, but Jennifer Coolidge just, like, does it just right mm-hmm. she's like just big enough yeah or just you know yeah it's not like too over the top i loved when she was like um oh yeah she's like i'm a very appealing person <laughs> like when everyone's like hating on her at the diner and um Rhonda's yes. like hey like nobody likes you you know you're lucky i still work here the only reason i'm here is because you know whatever she's saying like I don't have to work here. <laughs> I don't know. It's just funny. Cause, I know. Yeah. I love her. Ah. And all her outfits, too. She's fabulous. Uh, what about Rhonda, played by Regina King? Rhonda's great. You know, she's like, she's looking out for Sam. She's like, I don't know. I guess she's known her since she was a kid and good friends with like her father, right? She's worked at the diner for a long time. She's looking at, she is basically like her fairy godmother, I guess. Like, she gives her the dress to wear yeah. to the dance. She's I always like sticking up for Sam. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Oh, oh no. sorry. <laughs> yeah. I just like that element of the story. of like Regina King being like the fairy godmother. It's really cute. I just like Regina King, though. I could see her in anything. Also in Legally Blonde, too. Yeah. I don't know. She's feisty, and I like it. And what about Carter Farrell, played by Dan Bird? He was adorable. He was like, you know, he was a really good friend. Like, he was there supporting her from the sidelines. He's like, I'm going to go to this dance with you to meet this mystery man. You don't have to go alone. I'll just be right over here. And then he's like, you know, at the end, like, he's he's just always there. Or he's like, oh, yeah, I came here just to give you. I thought you might need a hug or something. I don't know. He was like, I was like, oh, this boy is so sweet. He does, like, in 
have you seen Easy A? No. <gasps> He's like the best friend to Emma Stone in that too. Plays a very similar role. Mm. Like I don't know where he is now, but he's a lot older. I'm sure. But he does have a way of like playing this like best friend role that mm-hmm. is very earnest and like a very it's like so sweet. I don't know. It kind of feels real. Like he actually like looks like well, it looks like a teen. It looks like a real dweeb. Mm-hmm. And it just I don't know. There's something about him where it's like. It just feels very genuine. I really like him. Yeah. Um, but what do we think about the soundtrack? I, you know, <laughs> you're like smack. It says it all. No, I mean, I enjoyed it for the most part. I just like, I don't know. There's a, um, there's a lot of Hillary Duff songs, so I enjoyed that aspect. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you think of the soundtrack? As a kid, I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, as an adult, you know what? Our lips are sealed. Like the Hillary Haley Duff cover mm-hmm. is cute. It is. Um, I you know, there's a lot of Hillary Duff songs, and the only one that I really like is Crash World. Mm. The other ones you can keep. Um, I love. As cheesy as it is, I love a Goo Goo Dolls moment. And that was my favorite needle drop in a Cinderella story. It's after, it's like after the dad dies and they play Sympathy by the Goo Goo Dolls. You know, you know what I thought was an interesting song? Mm. This will be. Oh, yes. I like that one too. At the very beginning and at the end. It was like, Mm -hmm. this will be. And I said, you know what? This is going to be a good movie. <laughs> like, whenever this will be is, like, in the opening credits or the ending credits, you know it's going to be good. 100%. Um, oh, my God. When they're dancing, they play I'll Be. I'll be. Oh, they have Beautiful Soul on the soundtrack by Jesse McCartney. <laughs> Love it. Oh, my God. Yesterday, we were listening to the soundtrack, and we were totally just, like, knew all the words to Beautiful Soul still. Yeah. Which, how could you forget? True. But yeah, so many Hillary Duff songs. So, Brie. Yeah. Thoughts on Hillary Duff's music career? I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I went through such a phase of, like, her songs. Would I listen to them now? Yeah, probably for the nostalgia. You know? Just to sing it. But, like, I don't know if they slap as hard as I thought they did back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, I mean... But I, I love her, and I love that, like, the metamorphosis era of Hillary Duff. Like, I don't know. I, I really bought into it. You know what I mean? Like, I was, like, oh, I, so I hardcore. Stan. Like, Yeah. We were both. But she doesn't, I don't know. She hasn't continued her musical career, I don't think. No. Eh. Well, I, you know, Hillary, I haven't gone back and, like, really revisited after being so obsessed as a, a young a youngin. Uh-huh. Um, but so yesterday still is good. Like, all the stuff produced by The Matrix. Yes. Still holds up. I, you know, I do love all the stuff produced by the, you know, like the, like, Joel Madden, like, Good Charlotte. Mm. Like, Hill, uh, Wake Up, or, like, Beat of My Heart. Like, I, Wake Up on a Saturday night. Like, I actually like those songs and i still would listen to them yeah uh, you know everything else i think i'd have to really review i pr- it probably does not hold up though 
Yeah. Like, I feel like some of the song, like the the hits are good. I don't know if I could really, as an adult, get jiggy with the B-sides. I know what you mean. Well, there was one song we listened to. I can't think of what it was at the moment, but we were like, hmm. I remember this being way more badass when we were young. Oh, my God. We it's listened like to The Girl Can Rock, and That's we were what both, it was. like, groaning. Girl we were like, can mm. rock. No, this was bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh. But to be alive, to be alive when Hilary Duff dropped Metamorphosis, mm-hmm. and then following that, like, she, like, had that MTV, like, living like Hilary Duff or whatever, to be alive then. Metamorphosis was one of my most played um, CDs. It it was up there with, like, the No Doubt, like, um, the, the hits and with Share Believe. That those were like the top three CDs that I listened to, honestly. So just saying, it was up there, like on repeat. So. I mean, I don't know. Apparently, Hillary Duff's Metamorphosis brought me true love, and I didn't even realize it. What really, Nick? I guess so. I mean, this is how I don't really rem- remember this. You put it on mixtape or what? Okay, so like apparently, my current boyfriend, like we grew up together, and apparently, like we briefly ha- i don't know because we were kids but we didn't i don't know so dating's like not the right word mm-hmm. but whatever like i we liked each other and like i or i liked him he maybe liked i don't know anyways i heard him say he liked hillary duff or he told me he liked hillary duff so i burnt him a mixed cd of metamorphosis alleged i don't remember this. But, like, on our first date when we reunited after 10 years of not seeing each other, uh-huh. he was like, yeah, I still have the CD you made me. Oh and I was God. like, I made you a CD. Have y'all listened to it? No, I don't know if, if it's, like, stored away. But, like, I uh, I guess Metamorphosis really, you know, just brings people together. It does. It really does. I didn't realize it, but <laughs> go, like, if you have a crush on somebody, go Put that uh, some metamorphosis songs on a mixtape and see what happens. I think, yes, I, the kids today won't understand going on LimeWire and just ripping music. Yeah, and giving giving mixed CDs to someone. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> you want to discuss the Cinderella story? Yeah, let's let's get to it. So, um, seventeen year old Sam is. Sam Montgomery is a waitress at a diner in the San Fernando Valley run by her stepmother, the vain and greedy Fiona. Fiona received ownership of the diner as well as the family inheritance after Sam's widowed father, Hal Montgomery, died in 1994 in the... He died in the 1994 Ridgewood earthquake eight years prior and seemingly left no will. Can I, you know, can I say something real quick? This setup was like, how are you going to expect me to believe that he died from an earthquake? Okay? Like... Like, I know we're supposed to suspend disbelief, but, like, did a bookcase fall on him? Like, they never explained. Like, wouldn't it's not like the house got swallowed up. Like, why did no one else in the house, including his, the stepmother or the children, like, why was no one else injured? Or, like, why did no one else die? Why was it him? How was it him? Did he fall down the stairs? I think Fiona murdered him. <laughs> I like this hot take. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just... No, you're, you made a good point. I thought that, too. I think... It's too easy. I think... Fiona pushed him down the steps and was like, oh, no, the bookcase. Oh, yeah. Yeah, make it look. Yeah, I think you're right. Anyway, 
The valley is amidst an extreme drought. Um, Sam's trying to save money to attend her dream college, Princeton, but is regularly tormented by her stepfamily, which includes Fiona and her twin daughters. Is it Brianna or Brianna? I'm confused. Um, and Gabriella. And Fiona withholds Sam's earnings and uses her inheritance to spend on luxuries for herself and the twins. And Fiona also refuses to save water during the ongoing drought because- Queen. Droughts are for poor people. Agreed. Why have your lawn be brown? I agree with Fiona in that way. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> oh. Um... What was my... You know, I do like this premise a lot. I think that's, like, a cool modern take on, like, a Cinderella story. Yeah. It's, you know... <laughs> It's it's a cool take. I like it. Yeah. What do we think of the twins? You know, they are annoying, but their outfits always slap. So they get a bit. I mean, also their mother's like Fiona. So it's kind of like it's, you know, they kind of play the stereotypical like in the animated uh, Disney Cinderella. They're basically those. Same st- color palette. Same color palette. Yeah. I, I thought they did a great job in the role. Just like. Being the, you know, the evil stepsisters. They were kind of, like, self-absorbed and, like, I don't know. You know who's the tall one, right? Yeah. um, Gracie. It's Gracie from The Nanny. Yeah. Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Madeline Seema. Yeah. And I like the, they're because they're, like, synchronized swimmers. Yes. It's also funny because, like, the twins, like, want to be popular so bad, but they're such, like, cringy twins they're very cringy but i love how they're like taking synchronized swimming lessons <laughs> in the pool and um and uh it's it's like a richard simmons-esque swim instructor mm-hmm. he's like twirl around girl i don't know i love it yeah um but sam also struggles to fit in at north valley high school where she's bullied by the popular clique including head cheerleader shelby cummings and her posse Sam confides in her online pen pal nomad who shares her dream to attend Princeton to become a writer. Okay, so oh, they both want to become writers. Okay. Except none of them write. But to each other. Email uh, LOL. Did you see when Sam typed LOL? And then she laughs out loud. And she even yeah, she goes Iconic. laughing out loud. Hee <laughs> <laughs> hee. <laughs> um I just feel like quoting britney spears when she's like everyone's been doing emails um um but yeah she also finds comfort in her best friend carter farrell and in the diner staff including Rhonda, the manager eleanor waitress and bobby the chef unknown to sam nomad's true identity is austin ames the popular yet unhappy quarterback of the school's football team the fighting frogs and shelby's boyfriend his father andy has arranged for his son to attend the university of southern california with a football scholarship I mean, if you got a scholarship, it's in state. Yeah. Princeton's across the country. <laughs> You're with the dad on this. You're like, yeah, boy, you don't need to write. Don't waste your time. You got mm-hmm. a family, but you got a you know, future set for you. I don't know. Like, to be Ivy League, I don't know. Uh, Austin Ames is living a fantasy, which I like. Mm-hmm. He's like, this whole Princeton Ivy League, I'm a writer fantasy. I like this idea that the most popular guy in school like the high school quarterback secretly like doesn't want to be popular wants to be a writer 
wants to go to Princeton. I mean, like, he doesn't display any of this, but I love how he basically, like, wants to be, like, the antithesis of this, like, Southern California football player. He's like, mm-mm. No. I'm going to be an intellectual. And I want to be an in- Yeah. <laughs> I love how that's glamorous to him. Yeah. So interesting that his name is, like, Nomad as well. Because he's an intellectual. Mm-hmm. Gosh darn it. <laughs> I don't know. I just, like... You know what I thought was funny? Like, that... Uh, you know that behind-the-scenes video with um Hillary Duff going, like, oh, I don't know, like... It was difficult, like, texting such a new thing to me. <laughs> it was just really funny. Like, I don't know. Texting... On phones, like, from the early 2000s, it is, like, the drought. Um, It's, like, useless and disappointing. Like, do you remember, like, getting your first cell phone and, like, having to press the number over and over to get a certain letter you wanted? And if you press too many times, you have to do it all over again to go back through the cycle because you're like, oh, shoot, I pressed it one extra time. I gotta keep going. Yeah, it was frustrating. The worst. A lot of patience. It, we couldn't text back as quickly. Like, it took time to type out LOL, you know? Yeah. Hillary Duff probably got a Blackberry and was like, ah, I've seen the I know. <laughs> I know now. Texting's great. Right. Well, so... Nomad and Sam plan to meet in the center of the dance floor at the school's Halloween dance. Austin attempts to end his relationship with Shelby, who refuses to accept this and continues believing they're together, you know, just delusionally, just like, yeah, you're just being silly right now. I'll see you later at the dance. Most relatable thing that girl does. (laughs) Um, And then meanwhile, Sam asks for the night off to go to the dance, but Fiona refuses this request. After a heart-to-heart, though, with Carter and the diner staff, Sam attends the dance anyways, wearing a white masquerade mask and a wedding dress given to her by Rhonda as Cinderella. Which, like, I thought it was really, you know, it was fun that they have this, like, montage of her getting ready and, like, breaking into the Spirit Halloween store, basically, after hours. I mean, the guy lets them in, but, like, you know, there's a whole montage. Meanwhile, the time is ticking. Like, there's certain things in this movie where, like, I know it sets, like, a realistic scene, but some things are not realistic, and it bothers me, and I don't know why, because it's like, oh, we got to hurry and get Sam to the, you know, very, very last minute she decides she's going to go to this place, because everyone talks her up. You know, Rhonda's like, girl, you worked so hard. Go have a night out. I'll deal with Fiona. I don't care. I'll beat her ass up. You know, she's like, I'll I'll just go for it. Whatever. Don't worry. We'll ha- we have enough people here. It'll be fine. You know, be young. Enjoy yourself. And she's like, yeah, you're right. I do deserve it. And then they're like, oh, what are you going to wear? And all this stuff. And then, like, you know, they get in there. And then she does like a whole, she tries on all these ridiculous outfits that you know are not going to be what she's wearing to the dance. You know what I mean? She wears like a, like a mascot outfit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like all these like crazy things. Like she's dressed like a knight, like in the temple. Like Zorro. Zorro. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Like. Be- and then at the end, they finally think, oh, a masquerade mask, which would be the first thing I would think you would think of. I don't know. Oh, you know what? They don't establish, but I'm thinking about now. Um, okay, so she needs, they don't say this anywhere, but because her twin sis or the twins are going to be at this dance, does she need to conceal her identity? Oh. Is that why she needs to conceal her identity? They didn't establish identity? that. Because, like, all these costumes 
cover her up. They I cover didn't, her up. I mean, they're atrocious, but they cover her up. They didn't just. They didn't say that though. So that that makes a lot of sense. That ma- that, I, that makes sense, Nick. Now I know they they could have been like, oh, I can't be recognized. I don't remember them. Well, she didn't say that. I guess so. that's just implied. I shouldn't know. And what a dummy. <laughs> no, I don't even know if that's what they were thinking. But I think I think you're right. You know what was funny though? The twins being Siamese twins, but like cats, like sewn together, like two Siamese cats. Like their costume was so funny. It was. They just like tripped down the steps. Mm hmm. But yeah, like Austin attends as Prince Charming. Mm hmm. And the two share a romantic dance together. But while Sam learns Nomad's Austin, he doesn't recognize Sam underneath <laughs> the masquerade mask. <laughs> um. Yeah. So hard to recognize. I don't know how he got into Princeton. (laughs) Because, you know, if Austin's such an intellectual Mm -hmm. who can go to an Ivy League school, how does he not realize? Because her face is still there. Anyways, I digress. Suspend disbelief. Um, Sam has to go back to the diner before Fiona, so she leaves without revealing her identity to Austin. I'm unaware that she's named the homecoming princess along with Austin as homecoming prince. She drops her cell phone on the way out, which is picked up by Austin. Um, She gets delayed because Carter, who was Sam's ride back to the diner, was making out with Shelby Mm -hmm. after he defended her from another boy trying to force himself on her. So finally, Sam and Carter flee to the diner and the staff attempts to stall Fiona to give Sam enough time to come back, which she does. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a couple things I'd like to say. At the dance, there's this one scene before Chad Michael Murray steps out to meet her in the middle of the dance floor. It's like another kid, um, and his name is Terry, I think, and he's like, he's out there, and he's dressed like he's in the Matrix or something, like he's got Mm -hmm. slick back hair, glasses, and she's like, are you Nomad? He's like, yes, yes, I am. I travel. (laughs) And it was just like the funniest thing, because he's like wackadoodle, and he's like talking to aliens, and like, he's out there, you know what I'm saying? Totally. Isn't he the dude from the Big Bang Theory, too? Oh, that's why he looks so familiar. Yeah. And you know what? That's probably... He's, like, playing the same character, basically. You know? <laughs> yeah. If you like the Big Bang Theory, I'm, you'll love this guy. But it was it was a hoot, is all I'm saying. He was great. Yeah. Comedically. And um, also the scene where they have their own... You know, like, when they go outside and, like, there's, like, lights and, like... There's like a little pathway and then a gazebo and they're like spinning around and dancing and it's y- very cute. It's very cute, but you know what movie steals this whole setup? Huh, what? Twilight. Ah. If you watch the scene where Edward and Bella are dancing in the school, you know, at prom, mm-hmm. it's like the camera angle is very similar. There's some music playing in the background. It's not I'll be, but it's like that. Something about birds flying. But it's not I'll be a dentist classic. <laughs> yeah, it would be better if it was. But all I'm saying is they whoever filmed that scene definitely watched the Cinderella story for inspiration because it's like a ripoff. Anyway, <laughs> just just saying. <laughs> it, it, that's crazy, though. Like that he didn't recognize her with that tiny mask. I did like the idea of the cell phone, though, being the glass slipper, because I was thinking, oh, what is, you know, what's going to happen? Also, did she wear, did she wear sneakers under her dress? Or is this like another thing, like in um, Runaway Bride, where sneakers under the dress aren't real, just in the posters? It's just in the posters, because when 
Because she has her phone hooked up to her strappy heel. Yeah. Which that was a mood, honestly. It was a mood. Strappy heels and cell phones. I I liked that look. I wonder if that was Hillary Duff's real foot, though, or if that was like a foot double. (laughs) Oh, my God. Get back to me. (laughs) For real. It's cute, though. They had, they needed something to this, like, differentiate it, I think, from the original story. So I thought that was kind of clever. However, he holds onto the cell phone for a long time. Like, it's like weeks go by, and she's he's still got the cell phone. You know what I mean? It's not like the next day he gives it back. So I was a little disappointed with that. Because you don't hold onto someone's cell phone that long, especially if you know them. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> um, so, Sam is convinced that Austin will forget about her after the dance, and she is, like, super shocked to find that he's put hundreds of posters around the school Trying to identify her the day after the dance. Um, then Austin's friends gather girls from around the campus who claim to be Cinderella and present them to Austin, but he isn't convinced by any of them. And later on, he goes to the diner and is served by Sam, who attempts to tell him his uh, who attempts to tell him her identity, but is interrupted by Fiona. Which like, this is a little bit overkill, in my opinion. Like putting up all these like wanted posters for her and be like, call this number. You know, it's like, she can't call the number, you dum-dum, you took her cell phone. True. But isn't she like, she doesn't even want Austin to know. She's like, it's better that it was just the one night and, you know, he's not going to like me for me. Once he finds out I'm the diner girl, he'll never love me. (laughs) Hillary Duff's such a cute girl, though. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. She doesn't know her worth, though. I think. She doesn't. It's because she has bangs. But but who puts that many posters out? Like, that makes you look like a crazy person. If someone, if I went to a dance with somebody and they're like, I'm looking for so-and-so, I would definitely run. Like, that is obsession. That is, like, too much. I don't know. I just think it's, like, a red flag. Like, it is very intense. <laughs> I don't know. Just saying. Maybe, like, one or two posters or something. You know what I mean? Like, hey, have you seen, the, like, do you know who Cinderella is? But you don't need, like, ten all in one spot. Like, it's just, like, two. It's overwhelming. I would be afraid for my life. For sure. Well, can we talk about the scene right after this, which I yeah. guess made you in tears? Oh. <laughs> you were so um <laughs> taken by this scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, they expose all her, her secrets and, like, make fun of her and... I think this is when they called her, like, a, pe- a poor peasant girl or something. And I'm like, geez, this is... Anyway, so, um... Brianna and Gabriella discover Sam's emails to Austin and realize that Sam is Cinderella. Um, after failing to convince Austin that they are Cinderella, they present the emails to Shelby, Austin's ex. And they convince her that Sam tried to steal Austin from her. And to retaliate, Shelby, Brianna, and Gabriella perform a mean-spirited skit at a school pep rally, horrifying the school staff as the emails are read aloud, and Sam's identity is revealed to Austin. Um, so humiliated and upset, Sam leaves in tears. So yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was like... I don't know. I think it just seeing Hillary Duff sad makes me sad, because she does this pouty face that's like... So, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh no... How dare you hurt Hillary Duff's feelings? Yeah, no, I feel like that too. She does like a good. You're like, oh no, not Hillary Duff. Yeah, she's too good for this world. I felt bad for um Chad Michael Murray though, like for Austin, because he's like 
it's revealed like his dad is like what is this son what is this nonsense who are they talking about up there and it's like he, you know what i mean he's kind of being yeah. exposed as well because he's like the most popular kid and he's like i don't know they're kind of making fun of him too he's just not crying you know but i think he, on the inside he might be a little bit i, I do like i understand like hillary Duff being like a shy girl but it's like she's still like a cute girl though but i don't think like austin or like chad michael murray's embarrassed about that part i think it's like everything else maybe Mm -hmm. but um yeah it was like like kind of like weird how mean this part was yeah because at first i'm like oh they're just being silly up there like that's mean and then it was like something like um oh yeah they just called they called her a servant girl so i'm like well i don't know it's just wild because i'm like they're her you know, I mean, I guess that's what stepsisters do, you know? <laughs> Evil stepsisters. Um, you know what I thought was funny, though, that I, I didn't notice this until this part of the film, is that their school mascot is a frog. They're like the fighting frogs. <laughs> I just thought that was really clever, you know, it being like based on fairy tales and all like frogs. <gasps> I didn't realize that. Oh, my God. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no. It's all good. Wow. Mind blown. Oh, my God. I just realized that now. <laughs> It was, like, very frog-heavy, and I just, like, it hit me in the middle of the movie. That I'm like, oh. I don't know. I thought they were smart with their references in this movie. Yeah. No, I got, I picked up on most of them. Yeah, this movie is very cute. But, yeah, like, so Fiona opens Sam acceptance letter from Princeton and replaces it with a falsified one because she wants to keep her working at the diner and wants her to be a slave. Yeah. Um, Fiona presents Sam with this. Um... And offers Sam a lifetime job at the diner. (laughs) (laughs) Queen. Um, Meanwhile, Austin opens his acceptance letter for Princeton and hides it from his father. Sam begins to concede her job as a waitress, but Rhonda encourages her not to lose hope. At the same time, Sam's stepsister slams the door as they come into the diner, causing a guitar clock to fall off the wall and tear the wallpaper down with it. Mm-hmm. The torn section reveals a quote from Hal that fills Sam with renewed energy, which is, Never, never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. game, which is something I still tell myself because I was brainwashed by Hillary Duff. Really? Yes. Is that why you're so brave and like, <laughs> just go for things, Nick? Is it because you don't let the fear of striking out get to you? Possibly. Wow. It, that's a quote that really did – that's a real quote, though. But, like, that's a quote that really did stick with me. And I remember being 10 and being like, ah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder if things would have turned out different if I saw that quote as a youth. I don't know. You should have saw a Cinderella story in 2004, Brie. I want to do, like, the butterfly butterfly effect and, like, go back in time and see if, it like, my life would have turned out different or if I would have been more confident, you know? Let's go back. <laughs> back to the beginning. Do you want to come clean, Brie? I do. Aw. Well, okay, so frustrated with her stepmother's emotional abuse for almost a decade and her school-wide humiliation, Sam stands up to Fiona, quits her job at the diner, moves out, and lives with Rhonda. Mm -hmm. And Rhonda and the rest of the diner staff also resign, having only stayed for Sam's sake after Hal's death. And the disgusted customers also storm out after witnessing everything. Yeah, which, you know, this really is, like, her family really is emotionally abusive. (laughs) It's, like, kind of sad. But I don't know. You know what else is sad? What? The the menu at Fiona's. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Like, it's all salmon. It's like salmon pancakes, salmon waffles. Like, it sounds gross. I don't know how this business is still running, to be honest. Like, they were on Kitchen Nightmares after this. Had to revamp the yeah, whole thing. I just don't get it. I'd be scared. You know? <laughs> Some things are just not meant to mix. Like, salmon and waffles. I don't know. No. But however, not gonna lie, this movie did make me really want pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I say salmon. <laughs> No. I get that it's a joke, though. It's totally. Salmon's great and great for your skin. So Fiona's on to something. All those, mm. is it omega-3s? Oh, yeah, the omega-3s. Healthy fats. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, when she stood up to Fiona, that was pretty badass. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna work here. You can figure it out. Like, it, yeah. It's really cute. Hillary Duff is really cute. Yeah. I don't know. I just like her. She has like a little mini transformation of like, you know what I mean? She's like, I'm not taking no shit from nobody. She gets a little brave because of that quote. Yeah. And uh, before the school's homecoming football game, Sam confronts Austin about his cowardice and lies, which good because he didn't even chase after her when she was upset. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Why? What is he like running from? Anyway. Himself. Free. <laughs> True. But you can't run from yourself. You'll always be there. Nope. Yeah. Anyway, before the final play of the game, he sees Sam leaving the stands and runs to apologize to her, but only after standing up to his father, admitting to not wanting to play football for the rest of his life, because that's your dream, Dad. <laughs> Which is very Freddie Prince Jr. Uh-huh. I love this. I know. I was thinking that, too. Oh. oh. And um, so he, you know, stands up to his father about not wanting to play football for the rest of his life. And then Sam accepts his apology and they share their first kiss, much to the dismay of Shelby, Brianna and Gabriella as the football team wins and the drought the valley was facing suddenly ends, you know, starts raining. That's all it takes. Raining one time and the drought's over. Makes sense, you know? Oh, my God. As a kid, I was obsessed with this scene, and I thought it was the most romantic thing in the whole entire world. Uh-huh. But looking <laughs> back on it now, it's like such... Okay, can I be really honest with you? Of course. Chad Michael Murray looks so much older than Hilary Duff, and Hilary Duff looks like a literal child. Mm-hmm. And I think she was. And this is not either of them's fault. Like, this is casting and, you know, whatever. But, like... yeah. It is a little, like, as a kid, I thought this was so romantic. As an adult, I'm like, oh, this is kind of creepy. Like, I feel really uncomfortable with this, like, 22-year-old man kissing this 15-year-old girl. You know what's even creepier? In the uh, another Cinderella story, because I was looking this up, I was looking at the cast, because I was like, oh, this is got Selena Gomez? Interesting. I'm like, who's the prince? He was, like, 26, and she was 16 when they were filming that one. Because I was confused because they showed pictures of them now. And I'm like, ooh. And you know I'm all about a good age gap. But, like, there's something weird about it, like, at that time. Like, still being a teenager. And then, like, a, you know what I mean? Like, some, I'm like, couldn't they have found, like, another teen? Or maybe like, a couple years older. Maybe if you look super young or she looks super old. But Hilary Duff looks so young. Yeah. And he looks young. But he doesn't look that young. But, mm, he looks like a 22-year-old playing a 17-year-old in a movie, and Hilary Duff looks like she can't drive yet. Mm. 
Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. But as a kid, Brie, this was the most romantic scene. And and <laughs> this this in the notebook was like <laughs> oh, yeah, that top tier romance. The rain kissing. Love it. Love a good rain kiss. I've only been kissed in the rain once and it wasn't as romantic, so. Really? Yeah. Oh, we gotta you gotta get out there. Next time it rains, take your boo and just start kissing. It, it's fun, you know? <laughs> um Let's see, what else? So Oh yeah. So um soon after Sam finds Hal's will in her it's hidden in her childhood fairy tale book. Which states that all of his money, belongings, and the house, and the diner actually belong to her. Which makes sense, you know? Um, Since this leaves her as the rightful legal owner, Sam sells her stepfamily's possessions for college. Love it. Love this, like, she's stupid. petty. It's very petty. She could have just, like, kicked him out or something. But now she's like, I'm selling your car. Good luck getting a ride. She calls the repo man. (laughs) She does. She calls the repo man. That was the funniest shit. Like, also now somehow, like, the stepmom is, like, scrubbing the floors. Like, she's working at the diner and it's Hal's diner again. Like, she, like, strips it all. Like, it's a real, like, 180. And um, she kind of, I mean, she does put Fiona and this, you know, the girls in their place, basically. But it is a little bit, like... You know, would if if you're in Sam's position, like if this were real life and someone was like that, like mean to you, like wouldn't you just want to be done with them and let them move on, just have your separation? No, she's gonna she's gonna stare at them as they're scrubbing the floor. She's like, "Yep, that's right." <laughs> I don't know. It's just like a little much. I think a little too invested emotionally. Hillary Duff, the petty queen. Yeah. Um, call her Petty Wop. Petty Wop. So Petty Wop sells their possessions. Um, it's funny, you know, Fiona's like, I've never seen the will before, even though she had signed it. Um, they arrest her and take her down, you know, for booking. <laughs> um, they, You know, she's got that inheritance fraud, but she's violated child labor laws by having Sam work the long hours, you know, despite being a minor. So this, this part was kind of nice, I thought, this next part. You know, her um, stepsisters retrieve her real acceptance letter from the 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 dumpster. <laughs> they dumpster dive for her. That's like the nicest thing they've done all the movie, you know? Yeah. Um. Oh, and it becomes um like Sam and Rhonda's diner. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cute. I like that she has her own little family. It was also really nice. Like everyone in the diner is kind of like her family in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that is really sweet. This movie is very cute. Yeah. I think some of the messages are good, you know? For sure. And, like, so Chad Michael Murray's dad finally comes around and is like, yeah, you can go to Princeton. And he creates, like, a promotion for Princeton alumni at the car wash that he owns. And yeah. Carter films a commercial and it makes him popular at school. And Shelby's, like, trying to... To win him back, she's like falling for him, and he's like, "Nah, um, I'm gonna be with the high school's goth DJ." Oh, that goth DJ—that's right. She was so cool. I wish she had more of a part, but she's like reading the announcements in the morning, and she's like, "Don't harsh my mellow." She's so cool. But yeah, Austin and Sam begin a relationship and go off to Princeton together, and 
finally gives her back the cell phone and they both finally, drive later. to Princeton together. They drive to Princeton together from the San Fernando Valley. Maybe they drive to the airport. <laughs> yeah, that's a long drive. I love too though how they like they drive into it's like a literal like ride off into the sunset moment. Like and then like this will be it's like playing, it's like this will be it's like, you know, it's just feel good. They're just like I don't know, it's like the perfect ending. Like there are some like very fairy tale moments in this movie, you know? I do like the little like the nods to it. The yeah. little dashes of fairy tale. I love that. Yeah, I mean, all in all, it's like a feel-good movie, you know? It has a good ending. It doesn't disappoint. It's got a lot of humor. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it's really sweet. It's a cute movie. And, like, the fashion, so Y2K. It's so 2004. It's, like, if anyone wants to, like, look to 2004, like, tween girl fashion, Mm -hmm. like, it's this movie. Definitely. It's it's very comforting to watch and just to feel, just to be in 2004 for a moment, you know? To Oh, my God. Like, Hilary Duff is, like, a tomboy mm-hmm. and with, like, the Dodgers hat. Like, I remember wanting a baseball cap so bad because she wore a baseball cap. <laughs> you didn't go through a baseball cap phase, right? It was probably because of Hilary Duff in this movie. That makes a lot of sense. And huh. there's, like, um the twins wear these, like... I don't know if they are juicy suits, but they look like the Juicy Couture track suits. They like- are juicy suits. I saw the J on the hot pink one. Okay. Sorry. Such I- a vibe. Obsessed with Juicy Couture still, so. I know. Oh my gosh, Nikki, are we turning into those twins? Because we just got matching Juicy Couture, like, weekender bags in different we colors. We are. I think we are. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> oh. we, don't, we don't have a Sam to outdo. No. But you know what? I'm aspire. I'm a. I'm a aspiring Fiona. <laughs> Without the like fraud and stuff, there's still time, you know. Fiona's outfits though were iconic, like the hot pink, like um, like feathery, like two piece, like s- like skirt suits, whatever she was wearing. Like I don't know, just like rich bitch looks she had on, like tube tops. Uh huh. I, I loved it. Like, I love the color palette, too. Just, like, the hot pinks and salmon colors. I also love how so many, like, every single girl in this movie's lip gloss was poppin'. Mm-hmm. Like, they had that MAC clear gloss yep. on for days. It's a vibe. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. I mean, no, the, a Cinderella story, it's like Hilary Duff in her prime Mm-hmm. I wish I could go back, back to, to feel something. Yes. To feel something again. Going and watching this movie makes me feel something again. Relive my youth. Yeah. So I enjoyed it for that. And, and seeing it for the first time, I really, I really enjoyed it. Like, yeah. And I liked, I, I don't know. I liked the journey it took me on, you know, <laughs> the ups and downs, you know? Yeah. A lot of fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. Um, give us a rating or review on iTunes. And if you want to chat with us about Hillary Duff, <laughs> let us know when Hillary Duff ruined your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, as you can slide into our DMs at the Late to the Party Pod on Instagram or email us at the Late to the Party Pod at Gmail. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. 
Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.